I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFN's Baseball Insider's Yankees podcast for Friday, June 25th. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Yankees getting set to take on the Boston Red Sox. We can break that all down on Monday. A big three-game series coming up at Fenway. The uh, Rays have taken over first place in the AL East with a series win over the Red Sox. So uh, the Rays are playing the Angels over the weekend. And starting Monday after the Red Sox series, the Yankees will take on the Angels, including Shohei Otani at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Today I wanted to give you a little conversation with one of the Yankees' top prospects, Anthony Volpe was a first-round pick of the Yankees in 2019 out of Del Barton High School in New Jersey. His teammate was Jack Leiter, who decided to go to Vanderbilt and will be a very high pick in the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. But Anthony Volpe has begun his professional career and is really having a standout season so far for the low-A Tampa Tarpons. In 40 games, through 162 at-bats, Volpe is batting 290. He also has a 414 on on-base percentage thanks to his 34 walks with only 33 strikeouts. He's slugging 580 with 15 doubles, 4 triples, 8 home runs, and he's also quite a stolen base threat, 16 out of 19 on the base pass. He won't be in Tampa too long, I would imagine. Uh, promotion should be coming soon. High A and then double A at some point, and you'll see what kind of trajectory Volpe is on. He is a shortstop. He just turned 20 years old in April. He is a guy who lost the minor league season last year, just like everybody else, and is trying to catch up. He's doing a pretty good job of it right now. From what scouts have told me, both inside and outside the Yankees organization, this guy is an elite prospect and could be a fast mover in the Yankees organization. Teams have already started to ask for him in trade talks. I don't believe the Yankees are relenting and going to give in at this stage. He could be a shortstop of the future for the New York Yankees, which is something we're thinking about when you consider all the free agent talent that's coming out. It's something that as you think about Glaber Torres and his future as shortstop, um, we here have discussed a lot about the Yankees and their potential interest in the free agent market this winter with guys like Trevor Story or uh, Corey Seager or Javi Baez. Um, and what that future might look like. But it's worth noting that between Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza, who is at A now at Somerset, the Yankees have a couple of young shortstop that certainly have high ceilings and bright futures, and I'm... I'm just kind of curious how that is going to shape what the Yankees want to do 
in the free agent market. And that is still something that's a bit of an unknown. It might come into a clearer picture in about two or three months as this minor league season uh, concludes and we see where these guys really are in their development stages. But uh, I thought it'd be interesting to catch up to Anthony Volpe, local kid out of New Jersey, a first-round pick two years ago, just turned 20 years old, and uh, having a standout season for the Tampa Tarpons. Here is my conversation with Anthony Volpe. First of all, just tell me, how do you think your year is going here? Obviously, you know, you're coming off a weird season last year where you didn't get to play. So now that you're almost two months into this, uh, how do you feel things are going for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a really tough, weird year last year not being able to play. So um, I'm just taking like a different perspective this year, just being grateful to be able to go out and compete every single day and kind of do what, what, I plan to do when I signed and and that's just play and get better and develop and hopefully become the best player I could be so um not really too current too concerned about the results but just trying to become a better professional every single day and um hopefully become that guy that one day could help the big team out. Anthony what do you think has been the biggest adjustment for you you've you've gotten used to two months here of playing at low A uh, when you think about you know maybe where you were from a couple of years ago, from being drafted to now, what do you think has been the biggest adjustment you've had to make? I think it's honestly just the natural, just learning how to become professional in, in not just on the field but off the field with my daily habits, my daily routines, um, all kind of stuff like that that you learn from other guys that have played um, full seasons before and then other guys that you're going through it the first time with so I think it's just learning more about myself of becoming my own best coach every single day and then um, really just taking every every day at a time and um, just trying to win every single day you know I remember seeing an old film and trust me I'm not doing this for comparison's sake so I'm not putting you, you there but um, I remember seeing an old film of Derek Jeter in A-Ball, and he said the one thing he had to get used to was that, you know, when you're playing in high school, you get, you're get you used to getting three or four hits a day, and you have to consider one hit a day, maybe a good day, now that you're in the professional ranks. Is that something that's kind of come across your mind a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the mental side is just, I found so important. It's just such a long season, and when we had that year off, you kind of really never thought about the daily results, and... You obviously try not to, but you're not human if you don't kind of kind of want to want to get those three hits every single day. So mm-hmm. I just think doing all, everything you possibly can to prepare and put yourself in the in the best position to succeed every single day is really all you can do. So um, I think that's that's the main thing, right? You just want to be consistent. So. Um, just really doing everything you can, like I said, to prepare every day. When I'm looking at some of your numbers and talking to some of the scouts and people who have seen you play, um, you know, you've, you, your power and your ability to drive the ball really from, from gap to gap seems to stand out a little bit. How have you seen that part of your game evolve over the last year or two? Yeah, I think um, this the past year for COVID, it, it, in the moment it obviously really sucked, but um, I was talking to a couple of my coaches and everyone once we finally got back that I think a lot of guys are going to be able to look back on that time and really take a lot of positives out of that. And I think for me, it was uh, a good a time as ever to really work on the mechanics of my swing and stuff that if we were 
playing and doing all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't really be able to. So I think a lot of that is natural and just getting older and growing into my body and kind of learning how to attack the baseball and give myself the best margin for error. Um, so I attribute a lot, a lot of that to the work I put in in the off season and and then kind of just playing again and facing really good pitchers and, and just getting my best swing off on good pitches and uh, kind of being fortunate that now those, some of them are going over the fence instead of <laughs> doubles and stuff. But Yeah. Wait, you know, can you give people a better idea of what actually happened last year? Because there were some, you know, some of the younger prospects got to go to teams' alternate sites and get game activity in. The Yankees didn't send you to their alternate sites, so you had to find some other way to stay sharp. And I'm guessing the first time in a long time you can remember where you didn't get to play baseball games in a summer. Um, what were some of the things and some of the areas that, that you and the Yankees were able to develop and figure out how to keep yourself sharp last year? Yeah, so I pretty much, as soon as we got sent home, I never really took any time off. I always I always wanted to be figured like two weeks away from if they called me down at any moment and they said in two weeks you got to be ready to go, I just wanted to be ready just in case. So it wasn't really until August where I kind of saw like the writing on the wall that we probably weren't going to have anything Yankees-wise or coming down and playing. So at that time, I'd never really had like a hitting coach or anything, and it was like a long summer. We did live at bats and stuff like that to try and stay ready. But I kind of went down a couple like rabbit holes of maybe overanalyzing, maybe just like watching videos on my swing and stuff like that. So I looked at that time from say the end of August till the next spring training as like the first time I could ever really not work on my swing, but kind of take that next step and and get it, get my mechanics where they probably should have been this whole time. So I got hooked up with um, a new hitting coach named Jason Lefkowitz, who completely, like, a lot of credit goes to him. And uh, he really worked with me. We worked every single, uh, Monday to Friday, every single day. I drive out from my home in Jersey all the way to, Westchester, which is like an hour, and we just went to work every single day, just on whatever we needed to do, and uh, um, it's not all the way where I want it to be now, but it's definitely, I feel like, a good foundation that now I can work off of the next couple of years that just, like I said, it just sets me up, I feel like, for more success at the plate, and so I don't have to be perfect every single time. I have a little more margin for error that um, if I feel like I do the things the right way, I just have more opportunities to get hits and hit the ball in the barrel. There's one other element to your game that kind of stands out just looking at the numbers, and it's your stolen base success rate uh, so far this year. Uh, how much of that is part of your game already? How much of that is kind of s- some of the new rules that are being put in place that allows for more stolen base attempts uh, at the low A level? Uh, what are your thoughts on where that part of your game is there and how that's developed? Yeah, I think a lot of that is our new uh, base running coordinator, Matt Hilarico. He, I mean, I haven't really, I obviously never been a part of another organization, but I've been on a lot of teams and no other coach I've ever had, no other base running coach I've ever had has um, really simplified the way we can get better jumps and get better reads off of pitchers and then help us actually translate it into the game. And I mean, when we do it, it's, 
it really is like really low risk and you have a lot of success doing it if you do it the right way. So, I mean, like that whole month and a half of spring training, every single day, everyone is on the line doing stealing bases reads. And it's not just me. It's really the whole organization. I think pretty much at the top of stolen bases for every single league, all our affiliates. So um, I think a lot of all the credit goes to him because everyone puts in the work to get faster and do everything like that. But he really makes it so that, like I said, it's low risk, high reward whenever you go, if you do it the right way. So um, a lot of that's like the, the backfield work, the behind the scenes work, but we definitely train and even in our scouting reports before the games, that's a big part of, uh, I think, what they're hoping to try to do because it does make a difference. Anthony, you're in. You're going to be in a part of year here where it's it might be difficult for some people to concentrate as the major league teams get close to the trade deadline. Lots of names get thrown around. Lots of rumors fly around, and it can sometimes be an uneasy feeling at the minor league level for players who aren't sure if they're going to be part of their organization or on the move. Um, you know, what kind of have you sought out any advice to that? Have you thought about that at all about what this next month's going to be like? Obviously, the Yankees really like you based on where they drafted you and everything else like that. But it's also kind of natural that you're a player who other teams might covet. So when you look at trying to stay focused over the course of the next month, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I don't I don't really go on social media or stuff like that during the season, but um, it's it's like anything. You like That's probably the last thing you can possibly control. I just try and during the season, um, like I was saying earlier, just stay on top of my habits, stay on top of everything like that, and just worry about the things I can control. And that's just my effort and what I put in every single day to try and um, make myself the best player I can be. So um, if I was thinking about that, I don't think I'd be able to go out and give my best for my teammates every single day. So, um yeah, really not trying to think about that. Okay, very good. Um, listen, I got a couple of people that I want to ask you about and give me some thoughts. One, you know, um, the scouts who saw you for the Yankees um, when you were playing at Del Barton, one of them was Kelly Rodman. And uh, we lost Kelly a year ago. And, and I know that I've been told by other people that, you know, she made a connection with you, your family, and, and made kind of an impact on you. Um, what do you remember about, kind of meeting and, and dealing with Kelly as you were as you were through the process of being drafted. Yeah, I mean, Kelly was a rock star. She, like you said, the connection she made with me, not only with me, but with my entire family, my mom, and everything, just how she represented the Yankee organization and how proud she was to do so. Um, I don't think there's anyone better. There's no one like her. And just how much, like I said, how much she cared, how much she love the Yankees and um, I don't think there's a better representation and that's what like me being a high school guy looking up to that and seeing how um, the pride she had to wear the pinstripes and do her job and everything like that um, everyone that knew her um, respected her loved her and um, it's so sad that she's gone but we know that um, she's looking down on us and and uh, we just want to make her proud. And the other one, I, that's a great answer, and uh, you know, thank you for sharing that because she was definitely a special person. Um, the other person I want to ask you about is your old high school buddy, Jack Leiter. 
What's it like uh, watching him do what he's doing uh, at Vanderbilt and, uh, and lighting it up every uh, every few days? No, it's awesome. He, like, over the last year or two, we were training and, and facing each other, and I don't think there's a better – I don't think I've ever faced a better pitcher than him. And it's really no surprise to me or any of our buddies that he's doing what he's doing. And, um, yeah, I don't know if there's much else. I mean, I know he's <laughs> – doing awesome and it's so awesome to watch him in Omaha do his thing but um I can't say me or anyone that knows him is surprised at all for a 20 year old he certainly comes off as a humble team first kind of kid the kind that everybody would love to have on their team wishing Anthony Volpe a lot of success at low a Tampa and then as he moves on up through the Yankees system uh, in the coming months and years. I want to remind you to subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.